this is the end Beautiful friend This is the end My only friend The end Of our is this the end, Ben? Of course not. The pain does not end. The pain does not end. Uh, it's Andy Gatelli. Yet again. Here we are. After uh, a Dallas Cowboys disappointing, pathetic, unwatchable, unbelievable, inconceivable loss. This is Boys Will Be Boys. Uh, we know that like half of you fuckers are here listening to this because you hate the Cowboys and you love listening to us be upset, but, and that's fine. Please rate and review the podcast. We really appreciate it. But, uh, Ben, I'm trying to remember the last loss that hit me like this. Uh, I'm more just trying to remember when we were good last, uh, the Kansas city game last year is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say when Romo was around. Damn, <laughs> I'm just dude. kidding. We had some times go, but they were all lies. All lies. This is true. This is true. Uh, so this is Boys Will Be Boys, guys. Uh, we are going to do our usual gig despite just depression and lethargy creeping into my life after this horrendous showing on Sunday. Dallas Cowboys did lose, dropping to 1-2 and two after a – Pretty pitiful loss to Seattle, thirteen to twenty-four. Um, that makes it look a lot better than it was. To be honest with you, this was never a game. Um, well, I won't even say that. It, there were moments where we had minuscule hope, but boy howdy, it got out of hand quickly. Um, so we'll do our usual thing. We'll get we'll get you guys a breakdown of the game. We'll go through the offense, the defense, some areas of concern. Which let me tell you, that's going to be a, a long section today. And then we will begrudgingly look forward to the matchup this coming week with the Lions, who are fresh off defeating the New England Patriots for the first time since 2002. So that's going to be cool. That's a team you want to play when you're in a slump. And that's where we are, Andy. This team is uh, yeah. in a slump by any statistical measure of offense. They look bad. I don't know if what we're doing could be categorized as offense, to be honest with you. Um, we are anemic does not even begin to describe it. The inability of us to score points. Because we are, like, I'm not going to say we, we don't have anything effective going on. Like, Zeke rushed for, like, 7.9 yards per carry in this game. Um, Zeke is currently tied for the rushing lead of the entire NFL. And yet that does not even matter because that we almost are signifies to me just how worthless running backs may actually be in the grand scheme of football that we may have one of the best ones may have a guy who wins the rushing title this year. And we may not break 500 goat. We may not break five wins. I'm all. And you know what is sad is I'm almost like in favor of that in order to get a premium draft pick because we have some major – and we're not talking about like, hey, we have some holes we need to fill. We're talking about uh, – we're, I mean, uh, we're, we're talking about maybe need to get a quarterback, Ben. We both 
been watching the Cowboys for 20-ish years since we can really remember watching football. Yeah. Uh, torturous enough that we don't really remember our Super Bowls, but know that we were alive when we won them, um, which was cool. I'm sure five-year-old me is really stoked right right now in an alternate timeline. Man. Was, dude, we were lit. We were just like extra <laughs> bottles tonight, boys. <laughs> Throwing them back. My boy, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but currently this team, Andy, uh, I, I don't know what other year to really describe it as because the last time I remember a team that looked so bad were like the Campo years. Well, and that's what I'm really asking. Are we as bad as like, and here's what's concerning the other other years that we've looked this bad, there's been a, a big signifying reason for it, right? Like Tony Romo breaks his collarbone. Yeah. And the Cowboys look terrible. Well, a lot of teams look really terrible when their franchise quarterback goes down. Um, this year, and, and you know what? I blame myself because I listened to this staff. Um, I bought into the, we don't need a number one receiver. We're going to s- scheme around people. I believe somehow that Scott Linehan was going to become a scheme wizard. The power of numbers is bigger than the power of one. I mean, yeah, it and needs all that deck friendly offense. And, um, and I'll reiterate what I've, I've, you know, I've said this to you a hundred times, but I really do think that what we've seen is that Dak Prescott, whether it's mental, physical, or whatever, something happened to him that night in Atlanta last year. And he has never been the same. I want to touch on a, a couple points before I get to that, or really just one. Um, going to to what you said about Dak not being the same, this offense really not being the same, and uh, are really being the same, unfortunately, from what we saw in November and December. And this offseason, we were suckers go. We bought the hype, man. They sold it, and we bought it. Yep. And I tried to resist, but we were we believed that somehow this team was going to, oh, man, well, they're going to get Tyrone Smith back. That's really their problem. They didn't they have got Tyrone Smith. They're going to have Zeke back. And the oh, defense. Zeke's not going to be distracted better. this year. And all oh, those yeah. things happened. Like Tyron's back, defense is leaps and bounds better than it has been in ten years. And Zeke's in the best shape of his life. And Zeke's playing really well. Zeke has not been at all by any measure ineffective as a runner. Um, and what I think what should scare us most about this loss is that coming into this game, everyone's game plan was if you shut down Zeke, the Cowboys will lose. The Seattle Seahawks did not even attempt to shut down Zeke. Zeke ran all over them, and we got killed. That should scare the shit out of us. And it was a sloppy game, a super winnable game against a Seattle team that is not very good. I mean, I I said it last week that the only thing I was nervous is they are a different team at home. And Russ, unfortunately, Russ can be Russ sometimes. He wasn't even magnificent in this game. He just, if you make mistakes against a guy as good as Russ, like blow two coverages, Russ is good enough that, hey, (laughs) <laughs> you know, I know it was magnificent. One Earl Thomas. Yeah, and we will get to that. That's you think that's why you you go ahead and make the trade in in April oh, for a, man. I'll say this for mere safety talent. I I read it from several sources that there was a deal all but done before the game, and then after we lost, the price went up and it fell out. 
In fact, I heard that Dallas Cowboys assistant coaches during warmups said within range of a field mic to Earl Thomas, are you ready to get traded tomorrow? I don't know if we were just cocky and everyone just believed that we'd win and Earl would come or if this deal really ever had bearings. There was so much chatter about this after we got off air last week. Goat, um, you know, Friday rolls around and Earl Thomas decides to take a personal day just to not show up to Seattle practice. Um, their big game plan and everybody starts speculating. Well, is he even going to play on Sunday? Maybe because the deal's done and they don't want to play him on Sunday. They don't want him to get hurt and mess up the deal. Then he's going to suit up. But yeah, we hear the same rumors and boy, if that was his last game and that guy, that guy showed you why he's worth every penny of whatever he yeah. wanted to be paid. Two interceptions. Um, both of them kind of freakish, man. Yeah, like, like really heads-up plays. Um, one that uh, Michael Gallup dropped that turned into uh, a interception off of where Earl gripped the ball against his ankle. Like I literally thought it hit the ground. It was so close. Um, and then another one that just got tipped up in the air. And again, this is a situation where it's like, how much of this is on deck? Hard to really tell. The first one honestly hits Michael Gallup in the hands, and he drops it. And that might be a piece of this equation, too. It could be that Dak is rattled. He's had guys in his face, and he's scared now. And then on top of that, we have a very documented problem with our receiving core dropping balls. And so maybe between the guys getting in Dak's face, there's a split second of doubt where he goes, can I throw the ball to that guy? Will he catch it? And that's enough in the NFL. It, I mean, it could be anything. You know, Are these players confident? with this coaching staff and game plan week to week? Are they confident with themselves? Are any of them really better than mediocre players? Is this offensive line regressing? Is our playbook completely predictable? Is our quarterback just not very good? And he's certainly it, not played very good. The problem is we're not even playing like bad. And I don't even say I was going to compare it like to a guy like Tannehill, you know, he's having a good year, but like, that no one's ever been like, well, he's really good, but everyone's kind of like, well, okay. You know, even when he's bad, you know, he shows like flashes that he might be okay. Like even when Winston or Carr are really bad, you're like, well, okay. They, you know, they still think for 280 yards. Dak does not look like an NFL quarterback. That's what I mean. Like when he's bad, he looks this offense is bad. bad. We look like the worst offense in the league, and we got a lot of numbers to support that we may be the worst offense in the league. Agreed. All right, man. Well, let's let's jump into the the game breakdown. We'll get to offense, defense, and areas of concern uh, after that. But I want to make sure we get to the breakdown. So this game was played in Seattle. It was the home opener for the Seattle Seahawks. They did get Bobby Wagner back. He would play a significant role in this game. Um, and a big, a lot was made of the matchup between the offensive line of the Seahawks and the defensive line of the Cowboys. The the Seattle Seahawks were they shuffled their line over the course of the week leading up to the game. They had three new starters on the line, um, so there was a lot of hype around that. Um, the Cowboys decided to receive right off the bat, um, and as we are wont to do as of the Why? last couple of years, I'm not I am not clear on that. Um, Can I tell you, I heard one theory that. Apparently, Jason Witten was always captain of this team, and Witten liked for the Cowboys' offense to go out and set the tone for the rest of the field. And that sounds so Cowboys like it's insane. Well, I'm okay. This guy that. that used to be on the team said that we should get the ball. <laughs> no, first, no, no, so no, we no, do no. That. I mean, like it was like a thing. 
like when he was on the team. Oh, it, I know, but I'm just saying, why are we doing that now? That's what I mean, because we we don't ever adjust with the times on this that's team. Insane. So Zeke rushes first down, run up the gut. Zeke gets five yards. Great. Second and five. Dak tries a short pass to Tavon Austin, minus one yard, but I like getting Tavon touches. And Tavon played a bigger role this time, He pl- at least by snap count. He played a lot more snaps, played 33% of offensive possessions. I like that a lot. I want to see more of that. Tavon's the only guy that gives us a spark right now on this receiving core. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll touch on a segment, or we can just do it now, what could make this offensive better. And oh, I got a five-point strategy to fix this team. Then, <laughs> so we'll get to that. Okay. But um, I do agree. He, of anybody in these first three weeks, has at least looked like he can make some people miss some sort of explosive play, and he needs to be more involved in this game plan. Yeah. So we get to third, we get to third and six, and Seattle gets a too-many-men-on-the-field penalty. So freebie yards, third and one on the Dallas 43. We run Zeke on third and one and lose a yard, Ben. That is unheard of with Zeke in the backfield. I'm trying to remember, was this the play where it's like a read option and Dak gives it to Zeke when he clearly should have kept it? Yes. Earl Thomas was out there, and Earl Thomas bites on the fake, as does Bobby Wagner, and I just – it was a bad decision by Dak. We saw a week ago he read – it seemed like every time he ran the read option, he made the right call, Andy. Yeah, but this was the – we only ran this play twice. And I'm and just like, again, this, like, this was tough. so effective against the Giants. It is an effective play, and we just refuse – it feels like Dallas takes notes on what works and is like mentally is like, all right, make sure not to do that again. But if something doesn't work, they're like, we got to try it 10 more times until it works. Then we won't do it. It's only once it fails. Like, it's like in the second game we were so successful, and then they went back like, okay, now that we had a good week, let's see if we can go back and run that game plan from the first week and make it work this time. Now we're now we're warmed up, you guys. So we lose a yard. It's fourth and two. Um, Chris Jones booms a punt, 44 yards, uh, and Seattle gets a penalty for an illegal block above the waist. Um, so Seattle is going to start at their own seven, um, and the Dallas defense comes onto the field. Now I want to say – Dallas defense looked really good on this drive. And unfortunately, things conspired to hurt them. So on the first play, Carson runs, gets two yards. Sean Lee tackles him. Second and eight, Carson runs for three yards. Sean Lee tackles him. This will become a theme because Sean Lee has six tackles on the first possession of Seattle's day. Third and five of the Seattle 12. Shotgun back to Wilson. Uh, tries to throw to Brandon Marshall, but Tyron Crawford breaks through and wraps him up, shoulder into his chest, and lands on top of him for the now infamous across the league roughing the passer penalty. Ben, I know that this topic has been beaten to death by everyone. Yeah. But this is insane. This is literally the refs handing them a conversion on what was a three and out on their own twelve. Yeah, this was an awful call that I don't uh, – even Seahawks fans were like, huh. You know, it. the NFL seems to do this worse than any other league of professional sports where they just can't get out of their own way. Um, we saw it with the catch rule for years. Um, we're now seeing this is going to be the big one this year. 
where you just apparently can't touch quarterbacks or well, the no, rest. That's, that's what's weird. You you are allowed to grab a quarterback and thrash him to the ground. You can oh, I saw that later on turn and throw yeah. him. Like Air, there was a hit on Aaron Rodgers that looked atrocious, and it, that's not a penalty. It's landing a totally clean square tackle that is a penalty now, which is crazy. Yeah, it's it's going to be. I think I heard something today that the competition committee is supposed to meet either after this week or the next week. Yeah, they have a call next week, next Wednesday. Yeah, basically discuss this. Now the refs are officiating it. Competition committee are apparently pretty upset about it. They there, so there is some people at that level that do not like it either. Well, because it doesn't come down right. Like it makes sense in theory that hey the NFL is going to do better, be watched by more people, enjoyed by more people when our starting quarterbacks are on the field for all yeah. 16 games. They, they watched Aaron Rodgers get hurt last year on a play where a tackler landed on top of him, and that's where his injury occurred. And it they happened said, to Tony. That happen. Yeah, it happened to multiple people. And they don't want guys like Aaron Rodgers out of the game because when you miss eight games out of 16, they lose money. So I get their their reasoning. Me too. I'm going to draw a parallel here to a different sport. They haven't enabled the refs to work that out yet. Agreed. And I'm going to draw a parallel to a different sport, and this is going to be totally out of left field for most people listening to this unless you also watch combat sports. Um, The UFC has a similar issue. Um, So for those who don't know, UFC Ultimate Fighting Championship, uh, very popular uh, combat sport involving multiple fighting styles And they had to come up with a uniform set of rules for what is legal and illegal. Um, Unfortunately, in similar fashion to the NFL, uh, the UFC people that decided these rules were not people that actually fought themselves. So they came up with rules based on like, oh, that looks dangerous to me. Um, The rule I'm specifically talking about is called the 12-6 elbow rule, where you cannot bring an elbow straight down onto someone, even though you're allowed to soccer kick someone in the face. So there is... There's a discrepancy in how would I go about injuring someone like that when you're allowing me to do things that would much more certainly injure them on other places. And I think that relates here. So we're having a competition committee whose main focus is maintaining revenue and making sure quarterbacks don't get hurt. And it's taking really terrible forms, man. I'm sure you saw it, but a guy on the Dolphins tore his ACL trying to shift his momentum in the middle of a tackle to avoid landing on top of the quarterback and drawing a penalty and now we've lost a star defensive player based on this rule. And the NFL doesn't give any care about that at all because he's not a quarterback. And that well, sends a bad message. Yeah, it was last night too. I think I heard this that uh, in the Monday night game between the Buccaneers and the Steelers that on the very last possession, Gerald McCoy kind of gets free has a little bit of a shot at Roethlisberger, but the only way he can really hit him is if he just dive bombs him. And Ben Roethlisberger's a fucking tank. You can't arm tackle a guy like and him. And he tries to kind of arm tackle him, and Big Ben just kind of steps around and throws a completion. Like, It's gross. So this does do? change. This changes at least this drive significantly. Um, what would have been a fourth and probably seven or eight on probably their five Turns into a first and 10 at the 27. Um, They run for five yards, tackled by Sean Lee. They run for five yards again, tackled by Sean Lee. First and 10 at the Seattle 37. Uh, Russell Wilson has an incomplete pass. Uh, Then they run Penny for five yards. 
and then they complete a short pass to Tyler Lockett on third and five. So they are getting third down conversions here, but none of these should have happened because of that penalty. First and 10 at the 50. Uh, we get a tackle for loss on Carson. Second and 12. Uh, Carson runs again, gets three yards. There's a penalty for holding, so now it's second and 22. Uh, Carson runs for 13 yards. Russell Wilson goes incomplete to Brandon Marshall on third and nine, and they finally are forced to punt uh, down to the Dallas 15. Um, so play by Cheeto on that third and absolutely. nine. Now, there's a lot of people here that are going to say, like, hey, like the Cowboys ended up getting the ball back anyway. Like, it didn't matter. But the field position here does matter, and the momentum and the number of snaps the defense is playing does matter. If the Cowboys force them to punt from the five, they're getting the ball at midfield effectively or a little behind it. Um, that changes this next drive significantly. Um, so the Cowboys do get the ball back on the 15. They rush Zeke for seven yards. Uh, then they do a run play to Tavon Austin, which I love. Get this guy the ball more. He gets 18 yards on this run play. Dallas calls a timeout. Uh, Dak throws over the middle to, to Michael Gallup. And man, Ben, you know I'm the biggest Michael Gallup fan and supporter, and I do think that he can be a good receiver in this league. This was a really ugly play. Um, this ball hits him directly in the hands. He drops it down to the ground, and as it's going to the ground, Earl Thomas grips it against his leg and gets an interception. Yeah, Gallup really messed this one up. Um, it's going to go down again as a pick by Dak, and another nice play by Earl Thomas, who... God, just had himself a day. I so wish that guy was wearing a Cowboys uniform. Um, totally agree. But regardless, you know, no one – Dak had a bad game, even if both those picks were caught by his receivers and the second one was way more questionable than the first. But regardless, nobody helped him out today. Um, this is a complete offensive collapse. I, I don't feel comfortable saying anybody had a good game. We'll get to Zeke. I mean, he he had numbers, but he made a numerous plays where two he, very well, and I'll say this. They were dumb they were dumb mistakes, but it's also just like it feels like just like the universe conspiring against you. Like they're just they're not like totally boneheaded to the point where you're just like, Wow, what an idiot. You're just like, man, talk about all like not playing heads up football, but also just the dumbest bad luck in the history of time. Like a pinky yeah. toe out of bounds. You a guy wrapping you it's up. Almost, it's, it's almost perfect. like Romo, man. When Romo was QB, and he'd have a good game and a bad game, and you, or one of those in between games, kind of like Zeke and by the numbers, like you did pretty good. And then you remember, like, but man, that was a really ill time mistake. Man, that was a really bad time to decide not to secure the football. You know, little things like that, and those can be the difference when you're playing teams, really any team in the NFL. Agreed. So. Um, Seattle doesn't do much with that uh, interception. Um, the, the Cowboys defense did come to play. They force an immediate three and out. They go three plays for six yards and punts. Cowboys get the ball back and effectively do the same thing. Um, we run Zeke for three yards. Dak hits Jeff Swaim for five, uh, then tries to sort of Swaim again and it's incomplete and we punt, um, However, they get a running into the punter penalty here, so we get the ball first and 10 at our 20. Uh, Dak goes incomplete to Gallup. We run Zeke for one yard, and Dak goes incomplete to Beasley, and we punt again. Um, Seattle gets the ball back. They go three plays for four yards and punt. 
Uh, and then Dallas gets the ball back and runs three plays for one yard, including Barcavius Mingo sacking Dak for ten yard a 10-yard loss on the first down. So it's second and 20. Zeke rushes for 11. Uh, and then Dak tries a short pass to Zeke, and it's incomplete. Uh, and so that we punt yet again. Um, it wasn't until... Uh, is this still 0-0 right now? This is still 0-0. So Seattle gets the ball back. So that was the third down. Once again, saying Zeke, where he just drops one, right? That hits him in the hands on correct. Third. I mean, I don't know if he gets the first. I'm pretty sure he's being chased by Bobby Wagner, who's also an all-world linebacker. But it's another mistake, another opportunity missed. Correct. So they go back out there. Wilson gets the start, first and 10, 36-yard line for Seattle. Um, incompletion on first down, and then a run for four yards. It's third and six. Uh, Russell gets six yards from Tyler Lockett. So first down again at the 46, they run for four yards. They run for three yards. It's third and three. Russell Wilson finds Russell Wilson finds Vennett for 12 yards. So they're just getting these third down conversions that are just not helping the defense get off the field. Um, first and 10 Wilson goes incomplete and then Penny goes up the middle for no gain talk tackled by Crawford and taco Charlton. Uh, they take a timeout. Dallas takes a timeout here uh, at 9.51 to go in the second quarter. So it's now third and 10 on the Dallas 35. Uh, and Wilson finds Carson, little, you know, sneak out of the backfield route, 19 yards. And then. Uh, yeah, 10. we blitz on that one and yep. get beat. Nobody picks up Chris Carson. I don't know if that was a breakdown. <sighs> Man, again, I'll say this. Our safety. People were talking about how Xavier Woods and Kayvon Frazier have had such good games, and we knew they would have to revert to the mean. And, man, our safeties looked like straight Well, this is the first game Xavier Woods has been back. Which yeah, is so I don't blame help. him that much. But Jeff Heath gets hurt with an ankle injury. But Kayvon Frazier's had two really nice games. But today, man, he was on the wrong side of a bunch of mistakes. Yeah, it was not good. So Seattle throws a 16-yard touchdown pass to Jaron Brown. It's now 7-0. Um, so the Cowboys take back over with 9.28 to play in the second quarter. It's 7-0. to zero. This is a key drive. Um, so first and 10 on the Dallas 21. Elliott rushes for 19 yards. Excellent. First and 10 on the Dallas 40. Zeke goes for three. Uh, Dak is an incompletion to Hearns. Then Dak finds Beasley for 18 yards. Uh, first and 10 on the Seattle 39. Zeke rushes for three yards. Uh, and then for no gain, we got an illegal formation penalty here. So it's now second and 12. Uh, Dak finds Alan Hearns for 10 yards. So we're now third and two at the 31. Um, dude, this play is the whole day in a microcosm. Dak snaps the ball. He gets blitzed. He gets, actually does a really good escape. Like he, yeah. he escapes out to the right. And Zeke has run the wheel start. route. Yep, Zeke has run out the wheel route. He's past the linebackers. He's wide open. Dak floats one over. Zeke catches it. He makes a guy miss. He breaks a tackle and goes all forty-one yard or thirty-one yards to the end zone. He's wide by himself. He catches this and it's to the house. Finally, we score a touchdown. And it's a great play. If if this counts. Zeke ends the day with almost 170 all-purpose yards and a touchdown at least. Or even um, your quarterback gets close to 200 with at and least and two, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns because yeah. that, that got one already. So 
Unfortunately, upon replay, when Zeke went out wide and had his eyes back to see where Dak was, the very edge of his outside foot touches the white line. And he that's illegal touching. He cannot be the first player to touch the ball once he's out of bounds. So that play is disallowed. Um, it's fourth and two on the Seattle 31, and we have to bring down the bread. unlucky, but he's... I know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not excusing it completely. I'm just saying that, like, I don't like when you're the one consistent player on this team. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm just not gonna. I'm not ready to sit here and be like, "Oh, that's classic Zeke" or something like that. No, and it feels like you're. Mi- we're missing. It, it feels like missing the point to trash Zeke for this passing offense's woes. But man, that's that's two plays in the first half he could have made that would have been. Both one for sure would have been a, a potential game breaker, and he just he didn't make it. That was that was Sunday in a nutshell. So instead of being seven to seven, uh, Brett Maher kicks a fifty-yard field goal, which I I did like to see Brett nail a long distance one. That was a good sign, I guess. Last thing we needed was the Bailey fans coming at us again. Yeah, so that's uh, tweets our way. So that instead of seven seven, it's seven to three. Um, unfortunately. Seattle got the ball back and pretty much just marched it down the field. Um, at this point, Sean Lee had come out of the game. Van Der Esch was playing. Um, and you could tell a noticeable difference. Um, it wasn't that Van Der Esch wasn't making plays, but they are going for just a couple more yards each time. Five yards up the I middle, say, four yards up the middle. He had a good day. It just still, once again, when Sean Lee's not on the field, for whatever reason, this defense gives up points. Yeah, and Leighton Van Der Esch actually led our team in tackles, made two or three really nice tackles in the second half. But there's there's something I I don't know what it is. It can't be pure coincidence. But I mean, this is our entire this is his entire career. Our win losses with Sean Lee are night and day different from without for sure. Yeah, and you know what? If there's one position that played well on Sunday, I say it's linebacker. Um, yeah, they had a good day. Jalen had a great day. Um, but man, it was, it was ugly. So like I said, Seattle gets the ball first and 25, first and 10 on their own 25, five yard run, four yard run. Dallas uses its third timeout at 418 left in the half, which, I mean, if you got to make an adjustment, you got to make an adjustment, but you would have liked to have a timeout in case we needed to try to score before halftime. Um, run for two yards, first and 10 at the Seattle 36, uh, Russell finds Lockett for 11 yards, uh, then runs a, then uh, they have Carson run to the middle for one, uh, who's stopped by Van Der Esch, and then Carson runs around the right end and gets a stop for no gain by Van Der Esch. So like we said, Van Der Esch was playing well. It's just like a different defense with Sean Lee off the field. And then third and nine at the Seattle 48, Tyler Lockett catches a 52-yard pass from Russell Wilson for a touchdown. This was just a straight-up broken coverage. Um, yeah, I put who this is mostly it? on Kayvon Frazier. Uh, yeah, it looked like Kayvon's fault. He gets this is the one he gets sucked down. Yep, gets thrown over the top. Uh, Cheeto passes him off. It looks like Cheeto clearly passes him off because he's running step for step, and you can't make those mistakes. I mean, it, it's once again it's tough to blame anything on this defense because they've been by far the better unit of the two this season. No questions asked. But once again, you just when you know you're going to be in a slug fight like this, 
it would be nice to see them make these plays, not have these mental breakdowns. If you're going to be an elite defense like the Jaguars, who had no offense but Leonard Fournette last year, and really looking at pieces, Andy, that's probably who we're most comparable to, yeah. is a worse version of the Jaguars. And you can't make mistakes like that. Agreed. So, unfortunately... Especially against Russell Wilson, man. Agreed. So, Seattle scores is now 14-3. to Um we get the ball back with a minute 52 in the half and we just totally shit the bed. Dak is sacked on first down for a seven yard loss. Uh, we try to screen to Zeke on second down for no gain. Seattle takes a timeout because now they're like, we can probably get the ball back on third and 17. We passed, we do another short dump off to Zeke because of course, even on third and 10 with a minute 10 in the second quarter left, Dallas is physically incapable of throwing a ball down the field. They won't even, think about throwing a ball down the field. So I don't know if you want to jump in these stats right here, but it feels like the most appropriate point. Um, well, as Andy's going drive by drive, you'll notice a theme that this offense has just been incapable of converting third downs this year. So Andy, um, if you've already seen this, I apologize and don't guess, but I want you to guess what our third down conversion percentage is this year. Oh God. Um, I'm going to guess it's under 30%. You are. And by the way, for those who want to know what a good one is, basically the best teams in the league are right around 50, just under it. Worst team in the league last year was the Dolphins with <laughs> Jay Cutler and Kenyon Drake as their options um, at 32%. So the Cowboys are one of four teams below 30 Um and we are at just 24% this year, Andy, God. 8 of 34. So to make that, that is horrendous. To make that more um, aggravating, this year have targeted their running backs more than their wide receivers, and their running backs have not converted a single first down. And that's not just on third down passes. We've targeted Zeke and or Rod Smith, and I guess Tavon when he's back there, 19 times, and not one of them has converted. Jeez. Or at least been considered a successful play, which I think they mark as, what is like six yards or seven yards? I don't know. But Well, we saw in the, we saw the, the throw chart. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? We saw the throw chart for this game. Dak didn't even attempt a pass longer than 14 yards in this game. Attempt one ball over 14 yards in the modern-day NFL. Like, What do you think Bobby Wagner and Earl Thomas are going to do if they know you're never going to throw it over their head? They're going to kill you. Like, they did kill you. I want to go back to these people who were complaining that the receivers last year couldn't get open and that it was Dez's fault and that somehow we'd be better off without him. And just have a moment for you to think about that thought right now. Huh. I don't even want to say anything. You just, you just think about how logical that was. Now, if your rebuttal to that is, well, Ben, I thought the front office would be smart enough to at least bring somebody in. Well, then that, that is fair. That's on you. <laughs> because the collection of talent that they have put around Prescott is is laughable, and corners know it. Safeties know it. You think any corner or safeties looks at anyone on our team and is afraid to guard that guy one up or is like, man, I hope I got over the top help. 
No, not at all. Um, so there you go. I mean, when you're when your passing offense is anemic and you can't sustain drives by converting third downs, you have no shot to be a successful offense. And we are not. Um, Seattle gets the ball back with 49 seconds to play in the quarter. Um, they do a short pass for four yards on first down. They do a pass for seven yards on second down. They take their third time out. There are now 19 seconds to go. They're on our 47-yard line. Um, they go deep. These are, oh, weird. You throw it deep. Interesting. I'm not sure how you do that. Don't they know that passes are only supposed to travel 10 yards in the air? Um, so they try a deep pass. It's broken up. Um, I will say this. Byron Jones played a hell of a game. Um, Byron yes. Jones is now the number one rated corner in by Pro Football Focus. Yeah, um, of one of the the beat writers or guys who covers the Cowboys, uh, I saw I saw he tweeted that the only good thing the Cowboys did all off season was move Byron Jones to corner because he has been a stud out there. Yeah, um, he hasn't had any picks. No one on this defense has, by the way, which makes it more frustrating to see Earl Thomas go out and grab two, three on the season now. Um, but I, I'm not going to blame Cheeto and Byron for not taking the ball away. At least they're not. At least they can cover. Correct. So uh, it is now second and 10 on the Dallas 47. Uh, they do a short pass. Guys pushed out of bounds for three-yard gain. Third and seven on the Dallas 44. Russell tries another deep pass to Tyler Lockett. Uh, that is broken up. And so now they're going to have to punt, or they're going to have to kick the – you know, you can attempt a field goal. They do have Janikowski. You can attempt a field goal from like 62 yards. But Randy Gregory decides – to punch a guy in the face. So we get a 15 yard penalty and they move them up to the 29 and Janikowski gets to kick a 47 yard field goal, which he's totally capable of. And we go into the half 17 to three, just every way to shoot yourself in the foot was explored here. Randy Gregory should have been benched immediately for that. I know we've been high on them on this this pod um, based on what he did in preseason. And I guess you can call me a sucker. Maybe that was fool's gold or maybe the kid is talented and he just can't get out of his way, but you cannot have that injury there. This wasn't a chip shot until he made this boneheaded mistake, by the way, this would have been, I think it would have been like a 55 yard attempt or something. What, what was the the one he made? How far and does it say 40, 47? Yeah. So you gave him, so not only that, 62 you, yard field goal before the penalty. And you gave away three points on an offense that struggles to score. Yeah. So we go into halftime. It's the Cowboys. So, you know, they're not going to make any adjustments, but the defense comes out, looks pretty good in the second half. Um, first and 10 Carson rushed for three yards, second and 10 or second and seven. I should say Carson runs for one yard. And on third and six, uh, Russell Wilson tries to throw to Brandon Marshall. It's broken up by Byron Jones. So Seattle's forced to punt. Three plays, four yards. Great possession, guys. Um, on the Cowboys' first possession of the second half, they start off with a great Rico Gathers false start and forced on the 11. So now we're first and 15 on the six. So we rush Zeke for six yards, so now we are – or no, sorry, we rushed from the six. We rushed for no gain. So it's now second and 15 on the Dallas six. Uh, Dak hits Deontay Thompson for 10 yards, which is the maximum distance you're allowed to throw. 
Uh, and then Dak is sacked on third and five. So it's fourth and seven on 14. We punt three plays, three yards, two minutes and 19 seconds off the clock. And yet still our defense comes out firing. Uh, Carson runs on the first play of their possession. No gain. Russell Wilson tries to throw him a short pass. He's stopped by Sean Lee and Byron Jones for a three-yard gain. And then Russell Wilson is sacked by Sean Lee and Demarcus Lawrence on third and seven for a 10-yard loss. So it's fourth and 17, and they punt. With all these chances, the Cowboys just do nothing. Um, So we get the ball on our 29. Zeke rushes for 21 yards on the first play of this possession. So we're now at first and 10 at the 50. Zeke rushes for two yards. Uh, Dak throws a pass to Jeff Swain for four. Dak throws to Alan Hearns for 12. Dak throws to Swain again for 11. Uh, and then tries one to Tavon Austin, who stopped for no gain by Earl Thomas. We rush Zeke for four yards. Uh, Dak is sacked for a zero-yard gain, so pretty much at the line of scrimmage. Uh, and that brings up fourth down for, at the Seattle 17, and we kick a field goal. So Dallas has now kicked two field goals. It is six to 17. Um, it just I sucks said, to not be able to score when you're in position like that. Yeah, we've we've done a really bad job of taking taking advantage of those opportunities. Um, Dak this season has been sacked four times on third down, um, five times on first down. Either way, it's a drive killer because if it's on first down, this offense has no explosion to come back and make up that yardage. And obviously, if it's on third, you're punting or kicking. So, you know, once again, uh, I always think sacks are a little bit twofold, maybe even three if you want to throw receivers, um, mainly on the offensive line. On the quarterback, obviously, to recognize pre-snap if something's coming or get the ball out of his hand. And then receiver, somebody has to get open. Uh, they're not doing any of that. Like it's a it's a full three level breakdown. You know, I was looking at some still some all twenty twos that you know those get released, Andy, and, and posted on Twitter. And I was I was this pressure, or even if he has the cleanest pocket in the world, I I don't know what he's supposed to do. And when he does have time, unfortunately going back to what you said or your theory that he's been broken since Atlanta, he gets really shook, man. And he throws a real wobbler. It's just a, it's a calamity of airs at this point. Yeah. It's, it's failure at every level. Um, Seattle gets the ball back at this point. Um, and you know, we don't need to go play by play on this one. Suffice it to say, this ends up being a 10 play 72 yard drive by the Seattle Seahawks ending with a five yard rush by Chris Cons. Carson for a touchdown. Um, they pretty much just dinked and dunked their way down the field, whether it was short passes or five yard rushes. Um, they score. It's now 24 to six. Uh, you know, this is a blowout at this point. Yeah. I mean, 24 points might as well be 48 for this offense. It, it yeah. just makes no difference. We can't, and there's nothing. What sucks about watching the Cowboys right now. And you even kind of had this feeling in the Panthers when they went down, 18 to zero is that there's just no sense of life or or no sense of faith in this team to get anything going offensively, Andy, at least in the Romo era or, well, I guess, you know, basically just at least in the Tony era, we at least felt like we had a chance at a comeback, you know, or at least felt like, well, if he finally makes a play, 
But I don't trust anyone on this offense to make a play, not one. The only person may be Zeke, and when you're down by 16, that all-world running back or 20 points becomes pretty useless. Yeah, um, and that, and that's that's shown here pretty, pretty spectacularly. So Dallas gets the ball back. Um, we go shotgun on first down, incomplete. We rush Zeke for three yards. Um, there's a penalty for a neutral zone infraction on Seattle on third and seven, so it's now third and two. Zeke rushes for four yards and converts. First and 10 at the 42. Uh, Dak hits Deontay Thompson for 13 yards. First and 10 at the Seattle 45. Uh, Zeke breaks one off and goes right through the middle and is on his way towards the end zone. He makes it all the way to like the 19-yard line. Um, and is tackled from behind and stripped and fumbles the ball for his second terrible boneheaded play of the day. And Seattle recovers the ball on the Seattle 13 yard line. Effectively the nail in the coffin. If it wasn't already, um, once again, I'm going to feel like a Homer here. This was more than the, him stepping out of bounds play. This is the one I'm more defending. I know he got the ball punched out, but he realizes that this play, the only way they win is if they make basically go for the home run and, um, here go their play he could have easily taken this out of bounds um about five yards before he got stripped you know we kept moving down the field but i really think when he makes that last cut back he's thinking about the end zone and yeah. and i don't blame him for that i mean i don't either what he's seen i mean and it's and it's not like man it's zeke doesn't lose the ball that much so i'm not gonna tell him not to make that cut it's just like like we said everything that could go wrong went wrong here yeah, sometimes the enemy of good or the enemy of good is trying to be great, and Zeke was trying to be great on this and instead messed up. You know, Mike Leach used to say that all the time that one of Texas lost that every play we were trying to make a great play instead of just the good play. Zeke could easily ran out, but at this point, what are we? We're down twenty-four to six. Yeah, we have any faith that we have to score? We have to score quickly, and we have no one that we can throw the ball to that can win constantly in a one-on-one. Yeah. I mean, it's just rinse and repeat with this team. So I, I guess what I'm saying is uh, I want Zeke to take that home run swing every time. And if he fumbles, yeah. I'll go down with Zeke having a fumble rather than having to rely on anyone else on this offense to do something. Agreed. Um, so Seattle takes over on their own 13. They run Carson again for no gain. Smith, Jalen Smith stops him. Uh, they run Carson again for six yards. He's tackled by Van Der Esch. Uh, and then Russell Wilson is sacked by Jalen Smith. So fourth and four at the Seattle 19. They punt. Tavon Austin gets a little bit of a return. Um, this would be the only successful drive, I guess, of the day for the Cowboys right here. Um, first play is a handoff to Zeke at the Dallas 43. He rushes for 19 yards. Uh, first and 10 from the Seattle 38. Uh, Dak hits Gallup for 17 yards. Uh, first and 10 at the Seattle 21. Uh, Dak finally does a read option and they, I mean, the game's already decided, but now we're pulling out plays that work. Um, he gets 10 yards and there's a penalty for illegal use of hands. Um, so now it's first and goal at the six. Uh, Dak tries to throw to, to Gallup. doesn't work out. Seattle takes a timeout. Second and goal. Uh, there's another too many men on the field for Seattle. So now it's second and goal at the three and we do a little like, Snap to Dak, immediate pitch to Tavon Austin. 
who takes it in for a touchdown. That would go down technically as a touchdown pass for Dak Prescott, but it's really a run. This has kind of become a this play. I think I saw Tech run it. I seen the Chiefs run it a few times. It's like Gurley, the little, they run it with Gurley a lot in LA. Oh yeah, it's like this new little hot play where you have the back end probably your fastest wide receiver in motion, and you either shovel it to the wide receiver right in front of you or pitch it to the running back. It's kind of this little option play that everybody seems to be running on the goal line now, Andy. So I do give Scott some credit for cheating off somebody's test since he clearly doesn't have the answers, but uh, in no means was this a Dak touchdown pass. Correct. So that, that makes the game 13, 24. Um, I guess the only other real big play of the remainder of the game was that uh, Dallas would get the ball back. Uh, with 5.30 left in the game, they would go 61 yards. And then on the Seattle 19, um, Dak tries to throw to Blake Jarwin. It's tipped up and intercepted again by Earl Thomas. Uh, and that would effectively end the game. Who bows to the sideline. Got, got a taunting penalty, but well worth it, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, that was the game. Um, it was really only a game for, like, the first – I guess you could be nice and say that the first half, it was still a game. Yeah, this is two road games in a row where we don't score a touchdown until the fourth quarter. You're just not going to have any success. And yes, Carolina and Seattle are not places teams come in and win very often, but you can't use that excuse in the NFL, especially if you're there or a playoff team. Yeah, you have to go in places like that and win. And this wasn't that hard of a game. I mean, no, they're not very good. They were they, they were made, winless. They were zero two. They made two plays that we broke coverage, and Russell Wilson, being an MVP caliber player, recognized. And then we gave him three points with a boneheaded penalty, and we turned the ball over three times. Yep. I, I mean, like you said, we did everything wrong here. This game was not that hard of a game. No, to, this to is go not going to be the toughest test the Cowboys face this year. Um, we could be in for some really ugly losses. And look, uh, maybe uh, we'll come back and visit this and laugh that I don't think Seattle's very good, but I don't think Seattle's very good. I think they have four or five really, really, really good players. But that's it. I mean, I mean, outside of outside of Russell, Earl, and Bobby Wagner – yeah, there's I guess no three on, really good players. No one on that field that I'm like, oh man, that guy is going to be. I mean, I'm not like afraid of Tyler Lockett. No, no, and I'm not afraid of. I mean, Frank Clark is good, but he's not. I mean, he's no. He's you know, he's no tank. No, but he's he and they, and they they moved Frank Clark around and made sure he was on L. Collins so that he could just beat him like a dead horse. Man, that brings up a, a good as time as any is. I really want to talk about this offensive line. Um, I think I read the stat and I actually just lost it, so I apologize. But I, I think it was something, Andy, that we've given up like the fourth most sacks this year or tied for fourth. Something incredible like that. And I watched just about anybody on this offensive line get beat weekly. And to go back to the Tony year, I just don't remember that happening in 2014, 15, or 16. Even 15, we ran, you know, McFadden put up a thousand yards 
And at least those guys had time in the pocket. I watched Joseph Randall score three touchdowns and a half. Behind <laughs> yeah. That yeah. On huge holes, man. Yeah. Huge holes. Um, I really wonder just how where they really rank now because I don't have much faith in them and they're supposed to be our best unit. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe like the loss of Travis Frederick is just like severely understated by this team. I'm not saying Joe Looney hasn't played well. He's been serviceable, but maybe like, you know, not having a center that can direct the blocking scheme and get to the second level and get on the Mike linebacker who has made plays against us during every single game we've played so far. Um, that, that could be a piece of it, but they certainly look like they've regressed. And and maybe it is, but that's still inexcusable. You spend more money than look at every NFL roster right now, and I guarantee you they would be jealous if they had a first round tackle, left tackle on the end named Tyrone Smith, a second round guard that you just picked up this year. I know Frederick's out, but then you have um, a right guard that's widely considered the best at his position in the entire NFL, and then a right tackle who would have gone for the first round had it not been for legal trouble yeah so this team still has amazing talent you can have one or okay one or two decent guys on the line and be okay so i just that I, change I the offensive it. line coach may be an underrated mistake that this team has made yeah are you talking about the one from last year yeah the switch over oh, to the guy from the Bengals. yeah um but yeah i mean the list of the list of concerns on the offense is pretty much just ex- ex- it encompasses everything. Yeah, um, pick up pick a player or her coach. Yeah, Dak looks bad. Um, he's he's thrown for under two hundred yards in nine of his last eleven games. Uh, he was nineteen of thirty four for one sixty eight, a touchdown and two picks. And we discussed that that touchdown is not what it appears to be. Um, Zeke carried the ball sixteen times for one hundred and twenty seven yards, which looks great. And he would have had another thirty one yards receiving in a touchdown, but that was called back. And he also had a fumble. He did not score. Um, so that looked terrible. Offensive line looked terrible. Receivers had drops that led directly to interceptions, uh, both Jarwin and Michael Gallup. I mean, those were not bad passes from Dak. And Dak is capable of throwing a bad pass, but these were not them. Um, play calling it was, as usual, just atrocious. Like we said, zero attempts to stretch the field. I mean – this wasn't even a situation where it was like, oh, man, this guy was open downfield and Dak didn't see him. It was like we weren't even running guys deep. Like there was not an attempt to go deep on anyone. You know in that first game where the Jets just clobbered the Lions? Yeah. Um, and then it came out after the game that the Lions didn't change their signals from the year before, so the Jets knew pretty much every play before it happened? Yeah. That's what it looks like when our offense runs the entire this entire season. It yep. looks like defense know exactly what we're doing, where we want to go, and have no problems shutting it down. We just look that predictable or inept or both. It, you know, we, we either have a bad scheme or bad players or both. Like, and that's why it's so hard to. I, and I think it is off. both. I think it's everything. I think it is a perfect storm of like. Mediocre quarterback play, mediocre talent around the quarterback. Oh, they're not even mediocre quarterback play. Bad quarterback play. Bad Bad receiver play. play. Bad receiver play, bad play calling, and poor protection. And I think that that is a recipe for disaster, and it plays out in the numbers. I mean, you're you're talking about a team that is 
seventh in rushing as a team. They are seventh in points against as a team on defense, top 10 defense. And then points for 31st passing yards, 31st. I mean, this is. And we we went over and third down conversion, 31st. Total yardage, 30th. It's a bottom tier NFL offense. Man. And it has been. And I, I mean, this is just three games. If you go back, like Andy was saying, if you, I think it's 11, basically that Atlanta game till now, they've had one serviceable game. So against then, let me ask basically you the a Giants team that had given up on the season and fired their head coach. So. Let me give you the, let me ask you the $10,000 question. Sure. Are you in favor of moving on from Dak Prescott? I'm going <laughs> to I don't want to answer that in a very politician like way but I think I'm going to and that's twofold that one yes I'm under the belief that he's just not very good um or at least not good enough to be upper echelon or not good en- or not good enough anymore like it could be that he was at one time good yeah but i mean but we that's the thing we've seen Dak prescott through his first 25 games we did pod last year andy read the comparisons were tom brady peyton yeah. man like the the people he com- russell wilson the people he compared to and we're not just win losses i'm talking about touchdowns compared to turnovers qbr i mean he was on uh, a very elite tier. And now since those 25 games and now his last 11 or whatever it is, I may making a little gap here, but the last 11 games, he's now getting compared to Tim Tebow, like Tim Osweiler. I mean, yeah, it, it's such a drop off that I don't even know how much of it is player and how much of it is coach and how much it is both. So in a very long worded answer, Yes, I'm concerned about him. I don't think he's very good, but I think he's proven he's good enough to win in this league, and this front office deserves just as much, if not more, blame than Dak Prescott for this woes of this offense. I agree with that. Um, I will say that I will now, at this junction, lay out my five-point plan for fixing the Dallas Cowboys offense. Okay. Step one is you fire Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan. Yeah, okay. Step two is you go give the Raiders a third-round pick for Amari Cooper because we need a receiver. Uh, he's had problems, but okay. He's he is better he than is anyone we have. miles better than anyone we have. Step four. Sorry, that was step two. Step three, <laughs> we go get Cameron Brait from Tampa Bay who is a tight end who has had seasons where he catches balls, which is more than anyone else on our roster can say. Which not to interrupt, but man, I hate this little Jeff Swain, Blake Jarwin show that we're trying to put out at tight end. It's atrocious. So once you do that, that sets you up for the draft next year, where in the first round, I want to take Drew Locke from Missouri. And you got to go get him. And maybe you keep him. You know, maybe you let him sit until Dak has gotten you to 0 and 5 next season. But Dak's not going to be it. And you know what? I'm not going to say Dak. You ready to make that claim? Certainly. 
I am. And I'm, and I do put it on the coaching staff because I do think Dak was a special player. I think he was one of the best rookie quarterbacks in the league in a long time. I think he's reversibly broke, irreversibly broke. Yes, I do. I think they have broken him. And I think that between, I mean, dude, that Atlanta game is so infuriating to think about where they're letting him get killed and doing nothing. No switch in protection, no switch in scheme. Just like, well, well boys, we just got to play harder. We just got to rub some sand in it, next man up, and whatever other magnet ship. Like Jason Garrett went to goes to a Tony Robbins seminar every weekend and then just barfs it up on our team and hopes that that makes them win because he doesn't do his job and it's gross. So yeah, he has now broken a franchise quarterback who's one of the best rookies in the history of the league. Congratulations, Jason. That is your legacy with this team is destroying this entire franchise. So please feel free to clear out your desk and Possibly like never be mentioned as a cowboy again. I put I put Jason Garrett in Dave Campo territory for just sabotage. Ooh, I mean he uh, did. Campo had way less talent. Campo had way less talent. Jason has done less with more than anyone that has ever coached this team. Bill Parcells took scrubs to the playoffs. All right, so we go from Campo, who, if I'm not mistaken, goes five and eleven or six and ten three straight years, something like that. He was bad. That team was bad. Fine. He's dealing with Quincy. Ugh. Okay. Parcells comes, basically rebuilds the whole thing. Then he leaves Wade's there. Wade has more talent than any coach maybe in the NFL. We, we what, have 13 Pro Bowlers one of his years? Yeah. And Cupcake, we just don't really have a handle on anybody. We're basically the Pittsburgh Steelers if Tomlin's not there, which I don't even know if Tomlin's keeping the lid on that, but that's basically what the Cowboys were, where they just stopped giving a fuck anybody on that team. Um, and then you get Jason, man, who's literally been here since Wade. And Jason has basically had the prime of Tony Romo with one playoff win, the prime of Jason Witten, or at least good twilight of Jason Witten, um, the Des. entire career of Des Bryant, the prime of Demarcus Ware. All of DeMar- DeMarco Murray's entire career. And three potential Hall of Fame linemen? O-linemen? And Zeke, who is an AP Offensive Player of the Year. And and he took a Pro Bowl rookie quarterback who was Offensive Rookie of the Year and destroyed him within 12 games. It's honestly impressive. Like, if you set out to like fool people into thinking you were coaching while secretly destroying the team, you could not lay out a better blueprint than what Jason Garrett has done. I used to just think he was incredibly average. I really, really did. And going back last year, I always thought that we won games, not really despite him, but just he's there. You know, he's just kind of someone there. Like if we have more talent, we win the game. If we don't, we lose. That's pretty much how it now I'm I'm kind of on your side. I think he's just a bad coach. He is for sure objectively a bad coach. <laughs> like just a really bad group of if nothing else like every like you'll notice whenever anyone talks about like the good, how they build their coaching staffs and if he didn't think that firing Scott Linehan was the change they needed last year then I don't know or last week fall you. No, I mean, yeah, but last year if coming off of that 2017 season he didn't look at that with some serious concern and fire that guy then then you're right he, he's already a bad administrator 
and now well, you're getting you, to the actual game. And if you ask anyone what Jason Garrett does well, if you ask anyone what Jason Garrett does well, it all turns into soft money. Like there's no like hard facts about what he's good at. It's all like, oh, he's like a good motivator, and like it's all just like shit like that. That's like not a, empirical. You can't measure any of what Jason does well. It's all that Tim Tebow talk. It's like he's a winner. He's got the intangibles. Like Jason Garrett is the Tim Tebow of coaches. Like he has these thirteen and three seasons that he does nothing to deserve. He out talents competition and then gets fifteen year extensions. It's like having Cliff Kingsbury as the coach of my college team and my pro team. Atrocious. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't disagree with all of that. Um, I I've been over Jason for I don't know when I came to that realization finally that epiphany. Maybe it was two years ago. I think it was probably right after our twenty fourteen year. Um, and for the record, in twenty sixteen. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Even though I flip-flopped on this a few times. <sighs> Fuck, Tony should not have lost that job. I don't care. I don't care. No, I agree. I don't we, care. We, we should have had Tony Romo quarterback. That's very true. Anyway, so he's messed up at every turn. That's 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 true. And there are no good Jason Garrett. Decisions. Unfortunately, he is so tight with Jerry Jones that I don't know what it will take to get him fired. I really I'm, don't. I'm hoping that... Him getting hit once we go five and eleven this year at full strength, I'm hoping that's enough. But we'll see. The voices are getting louder, and so is that clock that's ticking on his his season. I I can't imagine a scenario where Jerry brings him back with confidence. Maybe stubbornness, maybe just pure senile. The old man is, but man, you can't look at this team and say he's doing a good job. No, that's impossible. Um, uh, but unfortunately, Ben, despite how terrible last week was and how we have done effectively nothing to change our, our fate, um, we do have to play yet another game this week, uh, a noon kickoff game against the Detroit Lions. Uh, as we mentioned... I want to make a... I want to interrupt you real quick there. Does Jason survive this season? Yeah, for sure. He doesn't deserve to. He should have been fired after week one. But, I, dude, I, I want Scott Jason survive to get, this season. I want Jason to get fired. I wouldn't be surprised if three years from now we're sitting here being like, dude, this. when are they going to get rid of him? Like, <laughs> He's still just sitting there clapping like, on the sidelines under like, missed field goals. Look, the NFL is weird enough. It's a, always a roller coaster. We looked terrible last year, went nine and seven. I could easily see us going seven and nine this year. Just do we will on talent. I just said that we, we play the Texans who are god awful in two weeks. We play a Lions team that I really don't know what to make of. They beat the Patriots and lost to the Jets. So they have the number one cool. passing defense in the league. So yeah. Dak's going to have fun with that. I'm sure Darius Slay is going to get like five picks. Darius Slay is going to be upset that he doesn't know who to guard because our receivers are so equally mediocre that he's not going to know. <laughs> yeah, like who do you even? It's it's not even impressive to shut down anyone on our team. So there's no swag or clout attached to shutting anyone down. But this team will, uh, I still think, somehow limp its way to a 500-ish record. If that's enough to save Jason's job and they look this bad offensively, I don't know. You, you have to change something. And whether it's Jason, Scott, or Dak, or all three. I vote all the above. D, please. Yeah, uh, I'm on that train with you 
as well. I think a competent coaching staff could make at least Dak look decent, but that doesn't matter. Decent doesn't win you Super Bowls, man. Agreed. So we do play the the the, the Lions this week. It is at home in AT and T. Um, like I said, they are the number one rated pass defense in the league. However, they have given up a uh, they have given up twenty nine point three points per game, bad enough for twenty sixth in the league. Uh, and they have scored twenty three point three points. Um, so this is going to be the battle of two one and two teams. Who, I mean, the Lions' win is certainly way more impressive than ours. We've seen their ceiling is much better than ours. Well. The lines are weird because when they're on Stafford, I don't know what you really think of him. Go as a quarterback, but when he's on, he can light I think up. He's and, six and fifty-one against teams that are five hundred or better. Yeah, uh, that's fair, but he can throw for three fifty on anybody. Of course, and against right. us, dude. I mean, we're bad. So, but defensively, there's no one. There's no, nobody's throwing on us. Yeah, dude. But like, if they, yeah, we could play a great defensive game. They could score thirteen points and beat us. Oh, I agree. I agree. This offense is marginally better at home. I, I don't know if that's anything to write home about. They go from bad to worse on the road. That's for sure. But we oh. are home next week. It's, dude, it's one of those things where we're, we're only Vegas, in week four. Vegas has, us, I think, a three-point favorite last I saw, which We're in week four, and I'm already at that point where I'm like, I'm dreading even watching the games because it's just so upsetting the product that we have on the field. I don't know how, how many depressed songs we have for our intro, if we have enough in our arsenal. Oh, we'll, we'll have to do some deep research to find more. <laughs> At least we got the doors this week. Shout out Jim Morrison. Um, so, Ben, do you have any predictions for the, the Lions game? I want us – this is going to sound weird. I almost want us to lose. I think I'm we just, will lose. I think we're going to lose 21 to 13. I'm almost just so over this team that – or so over the faith of this team that I don't want to be tricked by a meaningless win against a Detroit team that rarely makes the playoffs. I'm going to say we squeak it out. And it won't I – don't, I don't really have much basis of why. I think at home our offense, like I said, is a little better. Dak, for all the grief we give him and as bad as he looks, the kid – does when he hears the noise some sometimes put on the blinders like that first throw against New York it may be a meaningless win go and that's what I'm afraid of but I think they squeak it out oh, so we will see ah oh, so for those of you listening out there if you're Cowboys I hope we get fans, blasted me too if if you're Cowboys fans we'll be here with you through the entire terrible ride to the bottom and for the other half of you that are just practically drooling at the audio of me and Ben being so upset. I'm sure you'll get everything you want out of this season. Um, so yeah, we do play Detroit this Sunday at noon. We will be back next Tuesday to break down uh, what will probably be another frustrating outing by a overly mediocre Dallas Cowboys team. Uh, ben, do you have any final comments? No, no, just that I'm really regretting the commitment to having to come on here every week now. I know, right? We didn't know what we were signing up for. 
It's like I'd rather us be doing a Browns podcast right now. That'd be fun. Do a little like Baker minute every single. <laughs> We'd yeah, be excited be about something. Oh, that's so fun. Hope sounds great right now. So, yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, please feel free to like and subscribe on iTunes. Give us those sweet, sweet ratings. While we are uh, in the depths of depression, the only thing that keeps us buoyed and hopeful about life is the great reviews and star ratings we see on iTunes that help us in our eternal war against Apple's tyrannical algorithms. So thank you so much for those who have already left us a rating and review. And please, the rest of you, feel free to leave one. We super appreciate it. And as always, feel free to send questions or comments to our Twitter at BWBB with underscores between all those cool letters. Uh, That is going to do it for this week. As always, I'm Andy Gatelli. Benjamin Walker. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. Take it easy. Peace. This is the end, beautiful friend. This is the end, my only friend, the end. Oh